Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series from the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about all things personal development. Your hosts today are Reno, Callan, Matt, and myself, Michael. Okay, guys, so today we wanted to talk about dating and love in the time of COVID. It has been a rough year. I think it's about a year since this thing burst onto the scene. And so for the last 12 months, we've had a really interesting time learning how to navigate love and dating for those of us who are single and even those who are in a relationship. So to start things off today, I'm going to pass it off to Callum. Yeah, yeah. The sexy single ready to mingle. <laughs> dating in COVID's weird. Like this whole pandemic has been so fucking weird and I was gonna not say fucking but I needed the emphasis of it um but yeah it's just been so crazy to date during COVID and I haven't actively been dating right now per se but um there's a couple things I want to mention and first is I feel like it's kind of like a renaissance of dating that's been going on like you've been forced to now really get to know somebody before you actually engage in anything physical or sexual because it's now on such a heightened, a heightened level of like, I don't want to die, possibly. So I don't want to hold your hand. And I don't want to make out with you. But I still really like you as a person. And I want to engage with you. So I feel like a lot of people have been going through that renaissance um, of dating and actually spending time and getting to know people. And that's blown a couple people's heads off because they're like, I don't know how to do this. Or they're realizing like, I don't actually know how to do this part. And I think it's good because it's forcing people who just kind of, you know, especially guys in the gay community, are de a lot of our default setting is sex and sexuality. And so it's kind of forcing us out of that box and into this box of like, oh no, we actually need to cultivate like healthy relationships. And like, that feels so much better. So there's that aspect of it. Um, I was dating actually at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so back last February, oh wow, it's almost a year. Um, last February, I was kind of like getting to know this guy. Um, I was in dodgeball, he was in dodgeball. We were getting to know each other. We'd met a couple months earlier. Um, and so we got to know each other and boom, the pandemic hits. And we kind of ended up dating for like five months but not actually being physically together for that time because it was like the beginning of the pandemic, full lockdown, can't see anybody, all that good stuff. And then when we started to actually get together physically, I was met with like a, there was like the first time we physically got together, we were cuddling on the couch, making out like it was, it was finally so great. And like, he comes out of left field being like, I just want to let you know, like, I'm not looking for any anything serious and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, we've been dating for five months and you're just mentioning this now. Um, I think it was like a defense mechanism because it became real at that point. It was like, oh, this is like a real situation. And that's when a lot of people's fight or flight comes out. And they're like, I need to protect myself. So to protect myself, I'm going to say I'm not committed in this situation. Because um, if I say I'm not committed, then if it doesn't go through or it falls apart or whatever, I'm protected, I'm safe. And I get that. Um, but that's not the vibes I was at. I was very much looking for a relationship at that time. Um, so then I kind of was like, cool. I took a step back. I just like took the information in and I processed it. And then, you know, a week later we went for a walk and I kind of let my side of things be known. I was like, well, that's not what I'm looking for. I kind of took what you said and we worked through some stuff. It was a bit like rocky there because I was kind of disappointed because 
I had felt like that's what it was supposed to be. And that's where it was going because they had been the one who asked me out and had kind of been pursuing me. So I was just very mixed messages about it. Um, but in saying all that, I did enjoy the aspect of like the Renaissance part of like, we actually had to spend time on FaceTime and getting to know each other and like developing more of a friendship before we went down any kind of sexual route. And he's a really fantastic person. Like I adore him as a human being. He's amazing. So I enjoyed getting to know him as a person. And I think figuring out that we're better meant as friends. I'm glad that it happened before we jumped into bed with each other. And I think that that wouldn't have happened necessarily had we, um, had the pandemic not actually happened now in the pandemic dating is weird I kind of like I don't have time for the apps because it's like I'm not going to meet you anyways and it's already hard enough I'm like I'm I'm choosing to invest in my friendships that I already have right now and like strengthening those because I know the pandemic's not forever but I'm not opposed to going on walking dates um but yeah that's kind of where I'm sitting right now with the pandemic I think that uh, walking dates have definitely been like one of the key terms of, of pandemic dating. Uh, however, I want to say something though. I'm on all the apps, right? So Grindr, not Scrub, Grindr, Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, I think. What the hell is Bumble? And it's, it's just another one. But over the summer, people were still, or even the fall, even now, even now, people are still hooking up. So Let's not pretend you guys know who you are listening to this right now. I know you. I see you on Grinder. <laughs> I see you saying, this is how it works. We, you know, send a few messages. Oh, you're really hot. Too bad we can't hook up. And then it's like, well, what are you doing? Oh, you live really close. Oh, oh wait. I mean, I'll hook up. Like, do you want to hook up? And then we're sort of waiting for the first person to say, okay, let's do this. But nobody wants to say it because there's a, there's a stigma about hooking up right now, obviously. Nobody wants to be the one to say that they want to do it, but we all want to do it. And I know you know what I'm talking about. There's someone out there listening to me like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I've done that before. And even over the summer, when things were a bit more lax here in Toronto, uh, people in my building were having orgies. Um, people all over the city were having orgies. And so I'm not going to name any names, but I was invited. I said no. And I know that it was happening. Now, granted, that was then. It was a lot different in the summer. Now, I think that people are still hooking up, and, and I know that to be true, and that's all I'll say about that. But um, I think a lot of people have sort of gone the way of taking a bit of time, right? Callum, this is, this is what I would like that you said, that we're taking a little, a little moment, like a forced moment, to be like, wait a minute, is this really worth it? Is he really worth it? Do I want to get to know him better? And then if you do decide you want to go down that road, you kind of have to make a decision to say, okay, if I'm going to go down this road, this person is now in my bubble and it's like, okay, if we do this once, let's just make this a, an ongoing thing. So I have friends who've ended up in sort of monogamous relationships by accident, purely from, well, we've already done it. And now it's this COVID thing. So if we commit to each other, not because we really want to be monogamous, but because it's the safe thing to do through that means they've now become monogamous and now they are together, which I think is a very interesting way to go about it. That actually bleeds in really well to what I, the point I wanted to make, which was once COVID is over, it's going to be so fascinating to see how like the sociology of all this, of all these relationships that were kind of acquired during this time. Um, I think extroverts are being introverted right now um, because they have to be, and they're in relationships possibly with other introverts. 
and or with with introverts i should say and then when the pandemic opens up and the, they start going back to the way that they want their life to be i feel like there's going to be a lot of heartbreak <laughs> that's going to come in post post covid to be honest um i feel like you know you talk about bubbles and i feel like a lot of people right now are living in bubbles like bubbles of like delusion some people and bubbles of safety and we're all kind of in these little bubbles and i think it's going to be really really fascinating to kind of see how people cope with that and um i think there's there's like two kinds of people right now that at least that i see when i when i was dating and there's the people that are taking this pandemic as an opportunity to really go in and like do a lot of self exploration and like be with themselves and um do their shadow work and do all the stuff that i think the universe is really asking us to do right now is to really like do a lot of inner reflection and then there's the type of people that are con continuing maybe similar patterns that they were that they've always been doing which is distraction and using sex as a distraction from themselves and um so yeah and i can see myself in both actually um like i'm in a committed relationship now but i was dating before um and it was uh yeah i i, I was well vancouver's a little different than toronto you guys have a lot more of a serious lockdown there vancouver hasn't had as many cases not nearly as many cases as uh, toronto but um yeah so I, I just think it's really i'm just really really fascinated about all the stuff that's happening right now on this planet and all the suffering people are going through and um yeah, something major is shifting and it just feels really cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what flies out of your mouth. <laughs> I never know what's going to come out until it does. Um, I've really been having a lot of fun. Um, and you know, it's like, it's been incredibly healing, to be honest. There are some um, digital relationships that I've formed these last months. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's, there's a couple communities that I've been a part of and, uh, and, and I've, I'm kind of amazed at how they came out of nowhere. And there are all these people that I'm meeting, I, I keep saying this every time I, I engage with this, um, this group, I keep saying like, it feels like home. It feels like I've, like I've found my people it, and, and it's, it's, it's really something. And um, there are a few guys in this group who um, I've been connecting with and well, two, two specifically, and they're in other parts of the world right now. And I'm watching these like really rich and mm, I wanna say self-realizing relationships unfolding where, you know, we're talking about ancestry, we're talking about queerness, we're talking about you know, our experiences um, navigating the world and feeling like we 
you know, like we didn't fit in, like we didn't belong. And then there's all this like romance left in there as well. And it's really opening me up to, um, to something that I think once felt more conflicting than it does now. And it's this idea that I can relate and engage and romance with people to varying degrees and that I don't necessarily have to be limited to one specific relationship and, um, you know, and a certain set of rules of engagement. And of course, within each of these dynamics, there's respect and dialogue around how they're unfolding and the fact that there are other engagements happening. Uh, and that just feels really exciting to me. It's been um, edgy in some ways and um, challenging in certain moments as far as like, you know, bringing up insecurity within me or, or even within them, you know, we've, we've acknowledged that there have been these moments where like, they'll have a thought or I'll have a thought about how if they're engaging with other people or I'm engaging with someone else, then, you know, is our relational dynamic in jeopardy? Does that mean they get less of me? Does that mean I get less of them? And that really hasn't been the case because when I'm with one person, I'm with that person. And then, in, you know, when I'm with this person, I'm with this person. Now, I also want to clarify that you know, these dynamics are digital. But another really beautiful thing that has happened during this particular time is that, you know, I met a guy um, and it was very unexpected that we would hit it off in the way that we have. And it's been really amazing for me and also really healing to have this consistent relationship in my life where, you know, every week we meet and um, when we first sat down together, I actually said to him, I know that somewhere inside of you, you're probably like anticipating uh, sexual interaction with me. And I'm totally open to that. I would like to have sex with you too. I said, but there are some things that I need you to know about how I navigate that. And I said, um, I like candles, I like dinner, I like conversations. Um, I like walks. Uh, we need to get to know each other. And, and it needs to be romantic and it needs to be intentional. And if that works for you, then we can have sex. And ever since, every time I come over, the music's on, the candles are on. We generally have a meal together. We have tea and sweets together. We have massages. We made love on a massage table just this last weekend. We had like this incredible, incredible sexual experience. I'm, I'm, I have no word, like it's so hard to describe it, but it was just magic. Like I'm shaking as I talk about it. Um, it's very tantric and, and incredibly healing and activating for both of us. And what was so beautiful about the way we navigated it is that I feel like I came in with some stuff and he really sort of held me in that for a moment and not because he felt obliged to, but because he was genuinely curious to. And as I was able to share and we connected, and this is what I know about myself, connection first, then sex, you know, um, 
all of a sudden, like my libido was already there, but it just kicked in and I'm on top of him and I'm grinding him into the couch. And we were both just like, should we move to the bed? It's like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. You know? So, um, picked him up, threw him on the bed and, uh, and we got into it and it was amazing. And there was like, you know, we foreplay and we break and then we talk for a while and then we get back into it. And, and yeah, we had this incredible, um, sex and showered together. And then we held each other after and I gazed and like, this all sounds so, um, you know, for some, it might sound really cheesy for me. It's just like everything that I love about engaging and connecting all the boxes were checked for me. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just, I've expressed repeatedly my gratitude for this, uh, th this connection that we're having. And then, you know, I guess, lastly, at least for now, um, you know, there's another man who's come into my life and it was quick and deep and rich. And we too speak every week. He's not here currently, which is very difficult for both of us. We're making it work. Um, you know, we expose our bits to each other on camera and we, we do authentic relating and, 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 and things of that nature. And we, we really make it work and it's a lot of fun and we're learning a lot about each other. And we're also acknowledging the difficulty of in our bodies feeling this strong desire to physically engage and be with each other and, and honoring the difficulty of that while simultaneously getting creative about how we leverage technology and, and, and appreciate the distance and the space and the time that allows us to get to know each other in different ways um, before we meet in person. So I'm curious to see, you know, as Matt touched on, like after things open up, I'm very curious to see how a lot of these relational dynamics that have formed um, unfold from that point, you know? Uh, who will stay, who will go, what will continue, what won't. Um, but in the meantime, I am just enjoying myself so much and finding so much healing in these relational dynamics that I'm in. So that's, that's what I'm up to. Yeah. That sounds great. <laughs> it's, it's fucking juicy. I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you. Yeah. Reno, are you, you're in Vancouver? Is yeah, that I'm in, happening in Vancouver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Vancouver and I just, um, I just moved here. Um, everyone may or may not know, but I just moved here. Uh, it'll be two months now. So actually today, later today, I'm moving into a new, a new house, but yeah, I just moved here two months ago and, um, it's just surprising to me how relationally rich this whole um, time of pandemic has been. And what's really cool, and I'll wrap because I've been on a tangent, but um, I'm, I, I, I explore numerology and um, I'm actually in a two, a two, three year. And so the two year uh, has a lot to do with relationships. So um, collaboration, um, you know, codependency, interdependence, et cetera, and sort of navigating relationships and collaboration. And as you guys all know, this has been um, a major theme for me these last months, you know, and, and, and this last year. And so it's really interesting to see how I'm finding all of this healing and catharsis and um, reclamation and reconciliation, um, you know, through relationship during a time when we were all sent to our rooms, you know? Um, 
yeah, it's interesting, but this is what life wants for me right now. So I'm just soaking it up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that makes, I mean, that makes sense. It's what I was saying about um, relationships being forced to kind of take that stance of like, oh, we have to get to know each other now because otherwise you're just not interacting. And so it's like either you're online and interacting or you're just not interacting with anybody. So it's like forcing you to go into that, you know, well, I guess we're going to get to know each other and like actually get to know each other instead of just like sleep together and be like, okay, check that off the list and like, you know, ready to go. Mm -hmm. Communication has, I think, become the name of the game because we, to that to that point, like you have to ask a lot more questions, whereas before you didn't really have to. You, you could get away with just doing that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But now if you're going to be doing that, there's a lot more of that communication. So it kind of forces us to have to say, okay, wait, is it worth it? What are you looking for? Are you looking for just sexting, which is fine? Are you looking to actually meet up? And if so, here's the criteria. And the other thing is everyone has a different risk tolerance when it comes to COVID, right? So it forces you to have a conversation like, what are you comfortable with? Are you comfortable with going for a social distance walk? Are you comfortable coming over to my house and sharing a bottle of wine? Are you comfortable you know, getting ground into the sofa, um, whatever that may be. So it kind of has us have those conversations ahead of time. Whereas normally I think with boundaries, at least in my experience, it kind of like shit happens and it's like, oh shit, maybe <laughs> there should have been a boundary there. Whereas now it's forcing us to have that conversation ahead of time, which is not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I find that it has made me more mindful in general of, okay, do I really want to do this? Is it worth it? And all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, on that note too, Michael, there's, I find that I dance between, um, you know, this, the, the notion of rationality and practicality. And then there's this other piece where, as I spoke, I think before we hit the record button, like I was saying, people asked me like, what, what is it that brought you to Vancouver? You know, and a lot of people were were sort of uh, confused and also concerned that I was moving during this particular time and also to a place that is known for being expensive, more expensive than where I'm from. And I said to them, you know, it's a soul, it's a soul thing for me. Like intellectually, I can, I can give you a laundry list of reasons why I could be going and I could intellectualize it, but it's not that for me at all. And so um, the reason I bring that up is because I'm often doing this dance between what's practical, pragmatic, and um, and um, you know, and intellectually valid, and then also what is um, unseen but deeply felt and inspired. And so the way that I'm navigating all of this is kind of again in in that dance between okay, I get that there's a global pandemic and that there are certain risk factors but also there's an intelligence that both includes and transcends this global pandemic. And I will always listen to that first. Um, and that's just how I choose to function. So um, that's been a big part of this is like honoring that while respecting that there are people who are going to um, express concern about how I'm navigating and potentially judge me or, or shame me. Um, you know, for navigating life in a certain way. And it's like that, I thank you, bless you. I hear you, I get that. And I'm gonna do me, right? So, yeah. 
Well, I think Amen, um, sister. <laughs> well, <laughs> right? I think also on that note, it's not like going out and just sleeping with everybody and doing everything willy nilly. There is right. that give and take, pull, push, pull energy of like, can I go and sleep with a person? Yes. Am I just going to go and do it? Well, I'm probably going to take a minute to think about it first and like pull back. Whereas before it'd be like, oh, go for a hookup. Yeah, sure. It's like, it's grinder. It's Thursday. I'm horny. Like, let's go. But now it's kind of like, no, you can't, you can't just do that. I mean, you can, but there's so many other factors now that it's like, okay, well, how about let's go for a walk? And it slowed things down. And that's actually, I think what I like about the pandemic that it's like, people are obviously still hooking up. They're still doing their things. They're deciding what their risk factor is. Um, but at least people are being forced to think about it for the first time. Mm -hmm. There's like a stop energy that Michael said earlier, where it's like, it's not just an instant like assumption. It's a stop energy of like, oh, well, hold on. Like I need to give this a, at least a thought. And it's like, okay, well maybe let's go for a walk. And then during that walk, maybe they find out, oh, well, I don't actually even like this person. So I'm glad I didn't have sex with them right away. And then there's those times where it's just like, oh no, I really actually like this person. So that you know, if and when you do go and have sex with them, it's gonna be that much better because you've already at least gotten to know them a bit. And you've already made the mental decision to go, oh, I really like this person. And of course, factors of like how far that goes and in what direction and like however that looks is like, you know, everybody has a different situation. People who live alone versus people who have roommates. Like I have a roommate, so I can't just think of myself to be a responsible human being. I have to also think of my roommate and like what his thoughts and feelings are. And that comes down to like open communication between people being like, what do you feel comfortable with? What do you feel comfortable with? Like, you know, going for walks outside with other people, distance, totally cool bringing somebody over here and sleeping with them, totally not cool. You know, it's like, it's all give and take, but it, it is a mix match of both of those like intellectual part, but then also going for what your soul is calling out for. It's like, if I meet somebody online and we really click, like I mentioned to you guys before we started recording, like I have, have not been on the apps. I've had them all on pause, but this past weekend, I felt called to go on because I was a little bit not bored, but I had time, I was relaxing and I was like, well, let's just see. And then I connected with somebody like instantly and we started talking and the conversation went so well that it's like, cool, well, let's go for a walk. And that I felt, I feel safe in that. He lives alone and he's like expressed, he's like, I could definitely do that because I'm going a little crazy being alone and I get that. And so it's like, cool, well, let's go for a walk. And then we, you know, see how that goes. If it progresses from there, it's like, cool, well, what's the next thing? Couple more walks, conversation with the roommate, what's safe, what feels good, what doesn't, and then push pull from there. But I mean, I love that people are being forced to take pause and to think for the first time in probably a long time almost like um i'm relating to what you said in the sense of like being demisexual because my my relating game is slow you know what i mean like i'm a turtle i like to really like work um and see what's there what's alive um develop some trust some comfort and then hop in the in the sack you know so um i think it's it, it is good for the gay community um to slow us down and allow us to kind of see like lead from the heart not just from the head or the other head, you know, lead from the heart. And, and we need to be slower when we're leading from the heart, you know, we, we're more methodical. But it also kind of reminds me of, um, like, this isn't our first rodeo as gay men. 
<laughs> like the, our pandemic, right? Like the AIDS pandemic, if you look at how that has played out and is still playing out and that we're always having to navigate relational dynamics with a lot of caution. And um, so I think we're kind of, this isn't new, at least the flavor of, of COVID is similar to me navigating STIs and, you know, you know, how to take care of my sexual health. And this, obviously it's a little different because it can, you can get COVID within contact. You don't have to have, you know, like anal sex to get it or whatever. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like as gay men, we're, we're kind of prepared to navigate some of this stuff. Um, more than other people maybe even mm -hmm. I think it's definitely a conversation that like our older generation I would love to get like a like a conversation going with them who actually went through the AIDS crisis and epidemic that happened there and see what their take on it was from then and now what it is now of course this is a lot different because this is affecting everybody but the AIDS epidemic did affect everybody it just didn't affect everybody in the same way um now it is because of course it's worldwide and it's not just the the gay stereotype but it still holds that energy because that's how it started off and i think that's why it also got ignored so much when it did happen because people are like oh well this isn't going to affect me um and you know life changes but i'd i'd be really curious to have that conversation with like the older generation who lived through it who went through it who experienced those things and what it kind of is like now and compare the two. I know it's two different energies, but um, definitely, definitely a conversation to be had there. It's like masks are the new condoms. <laughs> yeah, that should be the title for this yeah, episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh my masks god, masks are the new. Because yes. <laughs> <laughs> so back good. then they were being told, you know, use protection, and you know, gay men were like, a lot of them were like, no, absolutely not. Like, this is not what this is not natural. That was a lot of the rhetoric at the time and some people refused and they said you know they didn't want to and other ones were very much we have to do this to to save um to save our lives so it sounds very familiar right doesn't it <laughs> mm -hmm. oh yeah I wonder if sure. i would have been an anti-condomer back then i still am <laughs> well yeah me too but yeah. <laughs> what now yeah. i don't know what that is <laughs> Prep has completely changed. I think we should do a whole episode on prep because prep has completely changed, at least from the, I don't know, speaking for all you guys, but speaking for myself, it completely changed my sexual world and my energy and the way I go about the world. And I was one of the first people I knew on prep because I got on it when I was living in the Middle East. It's technically illegal in the Middle East, but I would like personally import it from Thailand. I'd go to Thailand, I get um, prep there because it was easy. I had my doctor there, it was a great place. Um, and then I like, I was on it, oh gosh, like it'd be like five, almost five years now, four or five years. And it was well before so many people. And I introduced the concept of prep to so many people. And then like later on, I'd be like, oh, you're on prep now, interesting. Because now the mentality isn't, you know, just get on prep and then just go crazy. It's like, a lot of people are on prep and they still use condoms or it's for those times that it's like, I get drunk and I get silly. So I'm on prep because like, yes, I practice safe sex, but when I get drunk and silly, I'm just glad that there's like a safety net there and like those kinds of things. But that definitely is a conversation we should add onto the list. Yeah. I've yeah. also, also five years for me too. So I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's funny. <sighs> It's so, I mean, this conversation could go in so many different directions, but on the prep piece, like, 
I don't think it would change how I engage sexually, to be honest. And when I knew it came out, I was like, I'm probably not going to take it um, because I've just always been, as long as I can remember, I've always been this person. I remember my friends used to make fun of me because I was like, you know, um, what was the running joke? Um, Reno doesn't have sex, he connects, you know? Um, and, and just from, I, I think like probably my mid, I think my mid twenties, maybe even my earlier twenties, I just remember um, always kind of being choosy about who engaged with my body, you know, and who I let into my body. And of course, like everyone has their flavor of sex and like how they navigate it. And, and honestly, to be transparent, like I used to judge people for sure. Like I had in my mind, I made up stories about people who were having more sex than I was and what that meant about them and whatever. But these days I think like, do your thing, like whatever works for you. And also like, if it's not working for you, like be honest about that too, you know? Um, I, I think that's just, that's the important piece there. Like just own your experience. If you're gonna go out and get it shoddy all the time, then like, do it you know and 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 own it and if that's not really your thing and you're more like hey we need candles and dinner and like long walks first like that's dope too you know so yeah but the yeah the prep piece for me um it, it yeah it wouldn't it wouldn't really change anything um yeah yeah i think if masks are the new condoms the vaccine is going to be the new prep. So it's going to wow. be like, are you on the vaccine? I'm the vaccine. <laughs> this is right. so good. Let's do it. I want to see your card. I yeah. remember, I remember, oh God, dating. So I remember my first boyfriend and he had the conversation with me maybe like two or three months after we started dating. And he was like, oh, I always imagine like not using a condom with my boyfriend and blah, blah, blah. And like we had that conversation. I was 22, 23. Um, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And so like, we both went out, we got tested, like, you know, showed each other the paperwork. We're like, cool, we both feel safe and secure in this. And from there till now, like life is so different because that was before Grindr, that was before apps, that was before prep, that was before all of this information that came out. And even in that short span of time, that's like what, just over a decade, it's been changed so drastically. And now with the pandemic and like dating and navigating this, it's like, I'm not on prep now because I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not having sex and I haven't been having sex for a long time. If I started dating somebody, yeah, I'd probably go back on it because I still have, you know, the prep, but it's interesting to see how it's going to affect people. Like after the pandemic, like Matt said, like, is there going to be a surge in prep and everybody's going to go back on it and it's going to be like a free for all, or is it going to be kind of like more of a slow trickle? And like, people are like, no, I actually found a happy relationship that I'm in for the first time in forever. Cause I actually had to get to know the people. Like I'm really curious to see how that's going to happen and how people are going to navigate that because like Lord only knows it's going to be a party and a half, but then there's going to be the other half of the party. Who's all like, no, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Do any of you guys feel like you want to disappear? Like, like, 
what okay let me, <laughs> let me yes Bye, Felicia. <laughs> no but i'm just thinking about when the whole world opens up like there's this part of me that's really overwhelmed by the idea that the streets are going to be filled with a whole bunch of people again and businesses are going to be like busy like i there's a little bit of anxiety there like i kind of want to disappear to like vancouver island or something like that and just start a little like community or something but i'm just wondering like do you guys do you guys like feel that way at all? Or are you like, yes, I'm so excited. Like, let's get it. I, I'm on the I'm on the let's get it train right now. Yeah. But I mean, I can switch in an instant. I, like I'm usually very party all night long, but then by Sunday, I don't want to talk to anyone for a whole day. Like I, I just flip. I'm like, yeah, it's one or the other. But I right now at this point, I'm like ready for it. I want everything to just, I want to be in a sweaty room of a club with, the music pumping and men just all over the place getting their stuff on. Like I actually <laughs> miss that a lot. Like I, I want to go to a club. I want to have, I want to dance under the disco ball. I want to be with all my friends, watching them do their business. Like I want to feel that again. There's something about that energy. And I know there's a lot of people who don't like that scene, but it's very, it's like a tribal rhythm of sound when I'm in that space. And like, it's almost a ceremony. Like it just, it's a beautiful thing for me. Yes, it might be that I'm on some <laughs> alcohol or drugs, but I always have such a great time. And there was a time where I was like, eh, I'm kind of over that, but I, I, it's been so long now that I that I have a desire for it. Now, what would happen is I'd want that, I'd do that. And then, like I said, on Sunday, I'd be like, no one talked to me. I want to escape to Vancouver Island with Reno. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I love that. Like, I feel that too, Reno. Like I'm very much an introvert, like, I can be extroverted when I'm on, but then when I am not on, do not talk to me, do not take up my space or my energy, like, please quiet, like, do not disturb sign is on the door. Um, and I'm in the same boat as Michael right now. Like I, but that's because I think I have a conscious relationship with going out. And so because I have a conscious relationship with going out, like I do it with purpose. I don't just go out because I'm like, I have no idea what else to do. I'm bored. I'm going to go dance. And this is my default setting. No, I consciously engage with it. Like on Mondays, I would go out, I'd play dodgeball. And then we have our dodgeball social afterwards. And there was like a couple hundred guys who would be, you know, at Woody's in Toronto and they were all in dodgeball. So it was very purposeful. And like, we all engaged in the same thing. And it was like making new friends and I was enjoying getting to know Toronto and the city and the people. Um, but also like I could go for just like a night dancing, like all night long, being sweaty. I'm not a huge drinker, so I probably wouldn't be drinking too much. But like I just love dancing and I love just like that's like the best cardio workout for me. Like I hate exercising but I love like dancing and that kind of fun stuff so if I did that it would be more like a I'm gonna get great cardio my body needs to be moving because it's not been moving in the same way during this pandemic and I love that aspect of it but on the other side that I think I feel you Reno is that like I don't want the crowds of people like just like mindlessly wandering through the streets and the traffic and like the busyness of life to be happening because I think that that's part of the reason like consciously the universe i'm getting a bit woo woo um but like consciously the universe why this happened because the world was just it was on a runaway train and there was no stopping it and something physically had to stop everybody and go you need to stop take a beat take a second analyze yourself analyze your life what's working what's not working fix it make it better so that you're more aligned to your true core values 
and then let's go again. So I think it, when things open up, there will be an opening, but I think it'll be at a more, I want to be optimistic and say it'll be at a gentler pace and it'll be more of like on everybody's own terms kind of energy of like, yeah, I'm engaging with the world and yeah, things are moving, but I've now changed my life so that I only work from the office once a week and I work from home the rest of the week and I get to spend more time with my family and my kids and my friends and I have a more well-rounded lifestyle. Um, but I felt like the energy you were looking at, Reno, is like the crazy busy, like everybody doing their thing. And like, no, I'm not for that. I'm very much for like this new world energy of like, slow down, everything's getting done, but like we're taking care of ourselves first, filling our own cups and then going out there. But like, yes, put on the music, get the Kylie going. I want to dance on a dance floor and get down, maybe make out with a couple boys. And then just be like, cool, I'm good. Like, I'll do that for like a week and then I'll be good for like a couple months. I've basically just been living like there's been a pandemic for the last 10 years. <laughs> like, I am hardcore introverted. I'm hardcore, highly sensitive. Um, I'm hardcore demisexual. Like I'm just that dude. So um, I am super content um, being domestic. Um I love people, but I love people when I want to love people. <laughs> um, I think, you know, they're, they're, I can definitely turn it on. I can work a room if I need to. I, I'm, I, I can be chameleon if I need to be, but um, my innate organic uh, humanness is definitely more introverted. But I do, um, well, when you were describing your, your scenario, Michael, I had like total body anxiety. I was like, that would be like my worst nightmare. <laughs> And uh, I've done that before. I've been to circuit parties and it was just like fucking sensory overload for me. And it's way too much for me. Um, but what I do miss is ecstatic dance. And the thing about ecstatic dance is it's a big space and it's everybody has their own room to flail their arms and do their own thing. And it's very, very, uh, and it's an individual experience and it can also become co-creative if you want it to be. Um, and it's not just a room full of gay men, which also I find a little bit overwhelming. Um, so I, I miss that. I think once ecstatic dance opens, I'm going to be really excited about that. Um, but yeah, there's not really much that I can't do now that I really enjoy. The thing that bothers me about the pandemic the most right now is the masks because I miss people's smiles. That's a big thing for me. Like I'm very, um, we all have these mirror neurons inside of us and they light up when we see other people light up. So we're all being deprived of this ability to be able to feel a stranger smiling at you and seeing their teeth. And um, so I do miss that. Obviously we get it over zoom and stuff, but it's just not the same. So um, yeah. Oh yeah. I second so much of what you said. It's so interesting listening to you speak Matt, because I was like, yep to all of that essentially. Mm. And it's interesting because I, I think, I don't know how I would describe myself, I guess ambivert, but I think I'm actually more introverted than like, than I think I am. And then I appear because I do akin to you. I remember when this all started, I was like, I got nervous at first. And then I thought, wait, I've been doing this for like the last seven years. Like yeah. I've literally lived inside my place and done all my work and like a lot of my relating on, on a laptop, you know what I mean? So it's like, Oh, it wasn't that different. So yeah. Yeah. And similarly to you, um, 
yeah, some of the things that I feel really excited about include like ecstatic dance or like days at the beach or um, like forest forest dance parties, like being in nature and dancing mm. in the forest, like half naked. That's yeah. super fun to me, you know, yeah. but yeah, the club stuff, not so much. Yeah. 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 Uh, dating in a pandemic. So strange. So weird. <laughs> The other piece of it is the the online, right? So, you know, I know that topics like online dating are really already hot topics as they were pre-pandemic. But now a lot of people are, I think a lot of issues with online dating are just being exacerbated for people who don't work through them. And you see, you're seeing more of both. You're seeing more of the benefits of online dating and yet more of the issues with it. And so that's another whole topic we can we can get into with respect to the, the pandemic. But I no no my my issues with online dating are are not that it's always it's not the app that's the issue I say it's just a reflection of society or gay culture mm-hmm. and so I, I find it I find it hard to blame apps yes they're designed to keep you on there yes they're designed to keep those uh, notifications going so you keep going back for more but I do think that in this day and age a lot of people have found connection through those apps yes mm-hmm. it's not ideal in terms of the the scenarios but for people who live alone like sometimes that's the best way the best they can do you know Mm -hmm. I think myself the things that I've always had trouble with and this was before the pandemic and it just yeah it just got exacerbated during the pandemic is that the follow-through of people like meeting somebody online and the follow-through of actually meeting it up in person I'm a very straightforward I have no chill if I like you I tell you if I'm interested in getting to know you I tell you and I work really well with other people who are like that as well but the whole like cat and mouse game and like people not responding or like responding a whole bunch and then disappearing and ghosting like that energy is just like been made so much worse in the pandemic and that's why when I did have them for a short amount of time I was like oh this is going nowhere because like I talked to these guys and like I had a couple of good conversations going and then it was just like they would fizzle because it's like I would want to not meet but like either do a zoom or like a facetime or go for a distance walk and it wasn't necessarily the excuse of the pandemic they wouldn't be like oh no I can't do that because like zoom is online but they would just avoid it and then disappear and I'm just like okay are you using this as a tool to avoid just life and you're this is a boredom thing for you and you're not actually engaging in it whereas like when I finally find people who are like yeah let's totally go for a walk like this person I'm gonna go for a walk with tomorrow it was instantaneous like a day two days like get it done and that's how I was before the pandemic as well. It's like, I wouldn't go online and just talk to you forever. If I want to get to know you, okay, let's meet in person because that's a whole different energy dynamic. And then if that energy's there, then yes, I will happily engage with you continuously online. Like I love to text. I love to be in constant contact, but that in-person meeting needs to happen in order for that energy to transpire to be like, oh, I'm feeling this or I'm not feeling this. And that can even happen on FaceTime. Like I have FaceTimed a couple guys and like, I was like, oh yeah, I'm not feeling this energy. Great conversation, but like not feeling it, but at least I'm glad I had that. So then there's not this lingering like, oh, what if, and it just drives me crazy that so many people are just like, I don't know whether they're afraid of it. And of course it's everybody's stuff, right? They're afraid of it. Um, They're just on it to like engage, to get that 
instantaneous gratification of like, oh, you find me attractive, but I don't actually want to engage with you. And like, it's like a game in their mind in that sense. And that's what a lot of people's minds have been cultivated to do now with the apps of like, oh, we match, we match. Like they're just collecting like Pokemon cards. It's not, <laughs> it's not an actual dating thing. And so for me, it's been made a little bit harder in that sense, because I'm like a cool, let's meet now. Like, let's just rip the bandaid off and go for it. Um, but it's also weeded out all the people I don't need to waste time with as well. Yeah, there's definitely, you can tell the intention of someone when you're chatting with them fairly quickly, because if your intention is to just go there and you think you're getting connection just by like mindlessly exchanging one or two word things, that's not, that's not connection in my opinion, versus having an intention to get to know each other, asking open-ended questions, asking interesting questions, getting to know them. And then as you say, Callum, what I would do is I would say, okay, well, what's the next step? Like I always have an exit plan. Like this app is not here. I don't want to spend my rest of my life on this app. So let's move this to text. Let's move this to FaceTime. Let's move this to the bedroom, whatever it is, no judgment, but let's just move this along. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can tell the people who just kind of want to keep it there. And that's, that's, that's where they feel safe. They feel safe behind the screen. They feel safe exchanging photos, probably jerking off to those photos and calling it a day. And that's, that's okay too. If that's what you want to use it for, Hey, I've been there, but you know, just don't, don't piss in my ear and tell me it's raining. Like if you want to like, don't say you want something and, and then don't follow through. That is annoying for me too. That part right there. That, that yes. part. The bing, bing. <laughs> hit the nail on the head with that one. Just be Love straight it. up. If you just yeah. want to have sexy texties, tell me, hey, I'm just here to like exchange photos and have a good time. Like if people were just more bluntly honest on the apps being like, I just want to see your dick. I just want you to see my dick. And I just want to have a good time and jerk off. And I have yeah. no desire to actually meet you in person. Cool. There's a lot of people who do want to do that. Like, and if more people were just upfront about it, I think people would find it very refreshing. Yeah, agreed. And that's what a lot of people are doing. We're just not saying it. <laughs> I mean, I did that, especially during COVID. I was like, well, I would want to meet you, but I'm, I'm not going to take that risk, but I would love to see your dick. And it's like, I've got, I'll send you some photos too. We can make this a thing. But, right. Yeah. Sharing is caring. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. I, I have a title for this, for this podcast. Another uh -oh. one. Oh. I want, I want you in my bubble. <laughs> yes yes oh my god can we do it i want you in my bubble but oh my god too funny and i actually so good matt that's brilliant we have to roll with that this has to happen and actually reno when you were talking earlier i was like gonna make a comment of you and the guy who you were in each other's bubble i was like wow you guys are balls deep in each other's bubbles eh? and we really were we really were yeah oh my god oof Oh, yes. Good Lord. Yeah, no, I think dating's just always, I think dating overall and like love and all of this is always going to be something that mystifies people because it's a conversation that had again and again and again and again and again, and it's not going anywhere. It's learning how to navigate the world, learning how to navigate yourself. I think the biggest part, the biggest learning lesson that for me is when I took the time to get to know myself and like really just figured out what I wanted, like truthfully and honestly and raw and like got real with it. It's like, yeah, I just want to go on Grindr and hook up with somebody right now. And I was just honest about it. And I kind of dropped the stigma and the shames about it. That's when my life kind of really opened up in that regard to love and dating because I not compartmentalized separated like sex and dating, but like romance and love and sexual energy 
can all be in the same thing, but it's not the exact same. It's not the same as I just want to sleep with this person because they're beautiful. I have no desire to date them because they are not energetically on a dating level, but that doesn't mean that you can't still enjoy a sexual experience with them. But as the pandemic's going on, you can't do that one right now. So you're kind of forced into this hole of like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to do the romancing part. But I'm curious if for me, that's great. But for other people, if it's like been a learning lesson and actually started teaching them for the first time how to do that. I think for me, it has. And thank you for mentioning that. I don't really think I was aware of that until you just said it. But normally, non-COVID times, I don't really meet people for anything serious on apps. I usually do a pretty decent job meeting people in person, but I was kind of forced into meeting people for dates on apps. Um, and I think that is one of the benefits that has come from it because it, it kind of gave me an opportunity to change the way I use them and communicate. And I'm seeing somebody now and our relationship began online which is the first time that that's ever happened for me. And for the longest time I would tell him, I was so mean. I would tell him like, you're, you're nobody but a, a person on a screen. Like you're, you're nothing to me until I get to meet you and see you. And lo and behold, God bless his heart. He, he came here from a different province to come and meet me. And uh, I mean, luckily it all worked out, but there are, there are good people out there online. And it's, it's a matter of wanting to find them and having that intention and knowing for me, how to engage with them. It, it, it required a different set of skills of me on, on engaging on an app or on, on online. It wasn't the usual, like when I'm online, typically it kind of be half-hearted online, like giving them kind of doing something else, like watching Netflix and being online at the same time versus what I learned to do is to give this person, if I truly care about them, my full attention and like, or read what they're saying, give them more than a one sentence response, ask them engaging questions. I, I kind of learned how to engage with people online versus the usual way. That's, that's I think, my lesson. Mm -hmm. Mine is that I fucking hate apps. <laughs> They're awful. They're terrible. I mean, I met a good friend on one of them and then my ex obviously but outside of that they're just like a pain in the ass pun intended um i do i don't like they annoy me i'm i'm better in person it's better in person it's all better in person and so and yeah so i'm just yeah i'm mm -hmm. i'm i'm mostly over them to be honest and they're like that like guilty pleasure that i and i shouldn't even call it a pleasure but i keep going back to them from time to time mainly when i'm bored and I don't want to sit with myself if I'm being totally honest. It's like, oh, I'm bored. Let's see what's going on on these apps. But I fucking yeah. hate them. They're, I, yeah, that's just me, though. Yeah. <laughs> I agree that we are, well, hopefully we are better in person than we are on the app. But it's kind of like a book. Like, you pick up a book. You look at the cover. It's got a fancy title or a nice image. Of course, you want the actual book itself to be better than the cover. And that's how I like to that's how I like to look at it. Sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes the cover is the best part of the book and you usually find out after the first page or two. So I, I would agree that hopefully we are better in person than we are on apps. Mm -hmm. I think for myself, I've been, <clears throat> pardon me, I've been learning. I've learned how to engage with them differently than before the pandemic started. And so when I say that, I don't go on during the week. I reserve it if I'm going to use it, which for months, like there was months that I wasn't on them just recent, like just now. And yesterday was the first day I went on, but I went on with like purpose. It was like, 
let's just see. And I was open to it. And then I was like, if I don't meet anybody or whatever, if there's nothing that's really pulling me, I will end the conversations be like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be on this app at least throughout the week. Um, if you want to move our conversation over to texting cool, if not, then that's like a clear indicator to me that they're not interested. And so I'm learning how to navigate using them differently than I did before. Whereas before it was like, you Reno it was kind of like a time waster. I was bored. Like, let's just see what's up. But now it's like, I'm single. I'd like to meet somebody. I'd like to be a little bit more social and physically social with somebody if I could like make that happen. Cause I don't know when the pandemic's going to end. That would be nice, but I'm intentional when I went on that. I was like, cool, it's Sunday. I'm going to go on. I'm going to enjoy a little bit of me time and like see who's out there and what's going on. If a connection happens, cool. Let's maybe plan a walk date or something. If not, then I put it away, pack it away. And then you know, focus on what else, like the things throughout the week that I'm doing. And I think that learning how to engage with it that works for you is like a big thing that I've learned. And you, there's a piece, I'll just say, I'll speak briefly, but the intentionality piece I think is so important. And we're in a community of like thousands of gay men. And again, this isn't like, this isn't like encouragement to go and slide up in like a thousand gay men's DMs all of a sudden and use it as your personal dating app, right? But like they're people and they're here for personal growth and personal development and connection. So like if there's someone who's like caught your attention, whether that's like, um, you know, piqued your interest or maybe even someone who's like um, stirred up conflict in you in some way, like hit them up and say, hey, like, let's chat, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> your roommates on our, your roommates on our this podcast. Is this, is, this is COVID, right? It's, this, is, this is real Keeping it real, keeping it real. real. Well, we have, we have a couple, we have like two or three more minutes. Matt, did you have any last word you want to throw into the hat before we end? What was the question? Oh, it was just kind of like what you learned about apps or what you've learned about like dating through the pandemic. Oh, yeah. I, I don't really use the apps. I think um, I haven't been used. I haven't used them in a long, long time. Um, I find them to just be not the opposite of who I am, really. They're impulsive. <laughs> I try and slow things down. But, you know, I do use Tinder um, and I like it because I can gatekeep who comes into my field. So I, I see, feel, tune in swipe left or right and then they've been welcomed into my portal whereas the other apps i feel like i'm exposed and anybody can come at mm -hmm. me anybody can talk to me and it's just it just doesn't work for me so yeah, yeah. nice nice yeah. well that has been our what are we calling this there's been about three or four different names for this podcast episode today but <laughs> that's title i love I want it. you in my bubble but <laughs> i want you in my bubble but yeah i actually really like that title that's what the new title is going to be so if you loved this episode please go and give us a five-star rating if you're listening on apple itunes go give us a follow make sure you subscribe if you're watching on youtube give us a thumbs up and subscribe there and hit that little bell so that you get reminders every time we release these episodes um, also, if you're not part of the Gay Men's Brotherhood, please look us up on Facebook and come and join the community. There's also a link in the show notes here. Join our email list so you can get updated. We also do group free group Zoom events alternating um, weeks for this. So next Thursday, we'll be doing a free group Zoom talking about this conversation. Um, so yeah, all that good stuff. And you can also go to thegaymensbrotherhood.com to find out more information. Have the best day ever. Peace, love, rainbows. We love you all.